The Stone and Tile Show is proud to be sponsored by the National Tile Contractors Association. The NTCA is a leading trade association in the tile and stone industry dedicated to professional installation of ceramic tile and natural stone. With more than 1,500 members representing thousands of installers, NTCA works hard to be a strong voice for proper installation and qualified labor. The association invests in a professional staff to provide technical support and assistance and offers free educational seminars and regional training opportunities around the country. To learn more about what the NTCA can offer for you or your business, go to the website www.tile-assn.com. That's www.tile-assn.com. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the Stone and Tile Show. I am your host, Fred Houston. And, you know, what's interesting is, you know, like most of you, I'm sure, you know, at least most of you, I'm sure business is slowing down. You're spending a lot of time at home. And, you know, things are starting to get better, at least if you listen to the news. They they seem to be getting get, getting better and better. And uh, what's interesting is, is how are we going to get back into the workplace? You know, what are we going to do with our businesses? How are we going to overcome the fear of a customer calling us and the fear of someone saying, you know, I don't want your guys working in my house. Uh, simply because I'm afraid to get this darn coronavirus. So, it, what's interesting is I was I was having a conversation with one of my one of my friends the other day, David Bonacera, and uh, you know we, we had a nice lengthy discussion. And I said to him, I said, David, I said I think this is something we need to discuss live on the show and talk about some of these things because some of these things can be very very helpful. And what we want to do is give you guys some solid education, some facts, not fiction. You know, we're, we're not here to spread fiction or to give you our conspiracy theories or anything like that. We want to give you the facts as we know it and then give you some help as far as, you know, what do we do to, you know, to, to deal with this coronavirus in, in our workplace? Now, if you're listening and you're not in the stone and tile industry, what we're about to talk about applies to businesses across across the, the, the line. Uh, it applies to restaurants, it applies to doctor's offices, it applies to retail chains, grocery stores, the whole nine yards. So with that said, I want to get started here. Let me go ahead and get David in here. I think he's on the line. Hey, David, are you there? Hey, doing good. Good, good, good. Well, you heard my introduction there. You know, basically, I kind of want to just discuss what we were discussing. You know, and I I thought maybe a, a good place to start would be with some basic definitions without getting you know, overly, overly boring. And, you know, one of the things you and I had talked about, well, a lot of things that you and I have talked about was, um, you know, first of all, everybody's talking about, you know, let's disinfect, let's sanitize, let's clean, let's, you know, let's nuke them, you know, whatever. And I think it's important to, at least in the very start of things here, to to kind of give the definitions of, of you know, viruses, bacteria, fungi, et cetera, et cetera, because there are some big differences there. But what I wanted to give a definition of, because I know this gets very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, controversial or people just don't understand, is what a sanitizer is and what a disinfectant is. And it's real simple. Sanitizing, go ahead, go ahead. You had explained to me a sanitizer just slows it down and cleans up. It doesn't kill. Right. Okay. When you get into a true disinfectant, the difference between the sanitizer and an EPA disinfectant is on the back of the bottle or can on the on the lower part of the label. And it'll have two EPA REG numbers. If you have those EPA REG numbers, it will kill. A sanitizer will only slow down. That's like washing your hands. Okay, right. It slows down. It keeps it clean, keeps everything down to a dull roar. Um, and that's a really huge factor. But the other thing, too, is if you call the manufacturer and say, what is the kill time? Because just because you put a disinfectant on and wipe it doesn't mean you have the right kill time for that particular um, bacteria or virus for that matter. And that's what's really, really important. And, uh, you know, I, that, that's really important. And I preach that constantly because, you know, people will take the, you know, let's say the, the, the Lysol, they'll take the can of Lysol and they'll spray it on something and they'll wipe it off right away. And that, that, doesn't, no. that, doesn't, that doesn't disinfect 
you actually, you, what I do, what I do, and what it was recommended I do, is when I spray something, I'll, I'll go around here and, and spray my doorknobs, my faucets, you know, everything that I touch or anybody else touches. I just spray it and leave it there. Let, That's let it right. Sit on there. And there are some um, disinfectants that are out there on the market that actually leave a residual on the surface. And because they leave a residual on the surface, when you touch it, you're not apt to get that virus. Right. It's kind of like um, a microcoating, you might say. Right. That's on there, and but you have to look. And you don't believe everything you read on the labels, because most of that's just marketing. Um, but for the most part, there are stuff that does leave a residual, and that helps. It's usually about 24 hours. Um, they used to do it in schools in certain areas, the people that you know would spend the money and have a good disinfectant on there. But for the most part, uh, yeah, I spray and just leave it. Yes, if you have a sanitizer, like I have, uh, not sanitizer, I have a disinfectant wipes, and I'll rub them all over the door and where you touch and stuff like that as if a kid was around. And I'll just wipe it and leave it. I don't wipe it off. Um, I just leave it. Let it do its thing. Let it do its kill time. If somebody else touches it, it may be wet, tough. And I and I want to I want to get into into that a little bit more. But before we do, let let's go ahead and uh, let me let me give some uh, you know definitions. When we, when we talk about these these uh, pathogens that we're talking about, we're talking about what, what we generally call germs. And germs fall into a number of different categories. And I, I won't name them all, but you know ones that we commonly hear: bacteria, viruses, fungi, protozoans, uh, helminths, you know, uh, and everything. And and what, I think what's important to know is that a virus, which is what we're talking about when it comes to this coronavirus, is a virus is really not a living thing. It's not like a bacteria. Bacteria is a one-celled animal. You know, we have good bacteria. We have bad bacteria. The, you know, the bacteria we have in our gut and we have in our yogurt is good bacteria. And, of course, there's, there's bad right. bacteria that, that cause different things. But viruses are basically and, – and I don't, want to, I don't want this to get into a biology lesson because I could very – I could very easily do that, <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but see, like, but, for instance, if you go back to the, let's say to the real common stuff, which is germs. Right. Okay. So germs live everywhere and you know, they're little microbes are in the air, they're on food, they're on plants, animals, soil, water, just about everywhere. Um, but most of the germs won't harm you. A lot of times your immune system does generally a really good job of saying, Oh, bad guys are here and they fight against it. And that's what the real cool thing about our body generally does. But if you have an immune system where it's compromised, and let's say your chromosomes aren't as strong, the building blocks aren't as strong, and you have a depleted immune system, a lot of times that's depending on your offspring, if they're strong or they're not, it depends on what happened to you, and there's, it's a whole real in-depth thing. For the most part, um, your body will fight it off. What's happening with this virus, um, which is it's really going after people with depleted immune systems in general. Well, what, what's um, the virus? What the what the virus does? And again, I don't want this to get into biology. Well, if a virus is a, it, if you go into a bacteria, which you said is a one-cell organism, a virus right. is really much smaller than cells. It's really kind of basically just capsules that can contain, you know, genetic materials, kind right. of like uh, reproduced viruses invade cells in your body, kind of like hijacking yep. machinery that makes the cell work. Yep. Exactly. But um, most of the cells are often eventually destroyed during the process. And again, it depends on your body. Some people get the virus and they don't know that they have it. Well, they may have a really good, strong immune system. Okay. And then there are people that will not have a good immune system that have pulmonary disorders or have lung disease, kind of the same thing, but a little bit different, or their immune system is compromised because of something. You know, for me, right. I did a lot of indoor air quality inspections in the 80s and 90s. I had my share of mold and pesticide poisoning doing inspections. So, you know, I'm 
my immune system and genetic makeup isn't as strong as, let's say, somebody else who wasn't there and who had been in shape. So while everybody's sitting around watching TV and Netflix, you know, they should be working their butt off trying to get back in shape and get the oxygen back in, back in the red blood cells and start working out and get that muscle tone and getting your immune system stronger. But it does attack everybody. It just some it hits. See, the thing is, we we're still trying to find out what this animal is. We don't yep. even know. We think we know where it came from. All we know is it acts differently, and how many different strains of it are out there. Um, it's too early in the game to find that out. Right. Um, they're talking right now about what's going to happen next um, winter. And I'm like going, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to have, you know, a bad flu season. I'm like, are you kidding? If we wear masks and gloves, <laughs> we're not going to get the darn flu. And if we just be smart and follow certain steps, we will be fine. It will Let's... eventually go away, I believe, or we'll find oh, yeah. something. But there are things we can do in the meantime to protect us, because right now in the stone and tile business, um, you know, we're really depending upon going to a job site and being able to produce a product and um, make our money, and everybody else makes money. The employees, we provide a let's, good product, and also on and so on. Let's, let's talk. Let me interrupt you. Say, let's talk about that. Let me let me give an example here. And actually, I'm going to tell the story. And I know you know the answer to this, otherwise I wouldn't ask it. <laughs> let me tell you what, what went wrong here. Yesterday. Uh, wife and I were hungry. We wanted to go out and get something to eat. So, you know, we've had this favorite Greek restaurant we go to all the time. I apologize for my dog barking in the background. She's supposed to come get him, and she's not. But anyway, uh, she's got her opinion, too. <laughs> um, anyway, I go in and I order my food. Now, of course, you know, you can't go into the restaurant. You call ahead. You get your food. Uh, they bring it out to you in the car, and that's what they did. And the guy says, how would you like to pay for it? And I said, well, I handed him my credit card, and he goes in, he runs my credit card, he comes back out, says, thank you very much, and off I go. What's wrong with that scenario? Uh, Well, one of the things that I've always done with this one is I got my gloves on, okay? And when I get in the car, I wear my gloves, but I spray it with the EPA-rated disinfectant. Okay, on the gloves, I go into a store or I hand something to somebody. Um, with that credit card, you don't know where the hell it's been. That's right. Um, hey, you don't know when the guy came in and he sneezed on it. So when that credit card comes back, you wipe it off. One of the things that I find when I go into a grocery store, Fred, is that when you go in, you don't know who's handled what produce. You don't know what person has done this. Oh, they got gloves. Right. Well, that's great. They got gloves, but. That means they're protected, but that doesn't mean that the gloves are spreading stuff around other places. So, yes, you should spray your foods, definitely wash your foods. But when I come back in, because I have really nice reusable gloves, is that I will put everything away and I will spray disinfectant on my gloves real good, rub them around. But I also spray the handle that I close the door in. I spray the steering wheel because a lot of times the steering wheel is going to end up having more bacteria um, than most restrooms. And because you're handling it, and we'll get into that with the um, trades and how to do stuff. But the thing is, is that you're going in, you're handling the stuff and you're handling the steering wheel. Well, that steering wheel is going to carry that bacteria. The knobs for the volume and that sort of stuff is can transfer. It's all yep. stuff. It's like when you go to a gas station, right? How many people have handled that, that thing? And then you got to punch in your code and you got to punch in this and you got to punch in that. I don't know how many times I'll go to a store and I'll say, when was the last time you cleaned this screen? Yep. You know, <laughs> and the guys look at you with dirty, filthy gloves on, latex <laughs> gloves that you're just like right. going, you are just, what are you growing on your fingers? So, Right now, we just because we can't see it, we just have to be smart. Yeah, you're going to go through a lot of disinfectant, tough bananas, but 
you have to be, yes, you have to wash your gloves. And I take my gloves off and I wash my hands. I'm really paranoid about the steering wheel and everything I touch inside because I was outside touching other stuff. And when you're right. in a grocery store, my God, how many people are handling the fruit and vegetables? And how many are picking up a piece of, you know, the thing for the meat or poultry and putting it back down? You don't know. And right now, even with an ultraviolet black light, you cannot see the viruses because the viruses are too small. So exactly. you really don't know. And what is virus and what is a bacteria and what is a germ? Okay, it's, there's not a real foolproof quick item right now that you can do that. So you just have to be really, really cautious. Is it paranoia? Yeah, but if you ever had to go through this, you wouldn't mind. Because it's a lot better than going through hell, which is what this thing will do to you. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I talked with you earlier today and we were talking about, you know, most people I know, I went through a heart procedure on, about three or four years ago now. And I woke up one, one morning and I couldn't breathe. And I ended up sitting on the couch for, you know, almost a month in a sitting position because I couldn't lay down. And, you know, the, it, I, I forgot about it until this coronavirus came up. And, you know, this coronavirus affects the, the lungs, the lining of the lungs. And you can't breathe. It's a, if, you, if you'd ever been through this, folks, it's a horrible, horrible feeling. I mean, you really think you've, you're going to die. So, you know, being overly cautious is very important. And, and what you're talking about, David, is what you'll hear the term called cross-contamination. You know, another example of that is, you know, you go into the grocery store, you, you know, you, you have your sanitizer, you've sanitized your hands, you've got your gloves on, you're in there shopping. And what do you do? Your phone rings. Immediately you go to your phone and, you know, maybe it's your spouse or someone texting you and you, you hit your, you know, you type in your, te- your, you know, the reply with your gloves on, but you just handled, you know, a bottle of soda or some produce. You're transferring that but virus. But somebody may have put it on the shelf because right now they're not exactly. saying exactly how long this stays on aluminum cans, how long this stays on fruit or plastic. Exactly. They're not giving us real concrete stuff right now. So I'm going to take everything with a grain of salt and just be careful. Yeah, it's kind of like feeling like, you know, the odd couple, like Felix, you know. Who's, yep, yep, exactly. But still, um, right now, until we find out what the sitting time is for the particular virus or bacteria or whatever they will find it. Uh, we know it's a virus, but is it an offshoot of something else multiplied by something else that got into this? We don't know yet. But for the most part, yeah, cross-contamination is a mother yes. because you don't know what you're touching. You know, I think right now, like in California, I think we're probably a couple weeks at best and we're going to start opening up. What people open up, I don't agree with, and how to fix things, I don't agree with. But that's not mine. I don't, I don't uh, run this state, and thank God I don't. Because, but anyway, uh, but for the most well, part, well, yeah, cross contamination is just—it's very, very important, and people don't realize it just because you have gloves on, you're safe. But you're right. The cell phone, the steering wheel, you know, um, the door handles the going in, you know, everything. Well, yeah. I mean, when I, it's like when I go out of a place, I generally just go with my back, the door, and my hands up like I'm going into surgery. I'm just like, I don't want to touch it. I saw a guy walking into a bank, and the guy just took his hip and bumped into the, um, the handicap button, and the doors opened up for him. Yep. <laughs> I went, wow, that's really smart. You know, it's it's funny but, before before this coronavirus thing, I I, I tended to be a little bit of a. Uh, 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 not quite a Howie Mandel, but but kind of like that when, it, especially when it came to raiding public bathrooms, and it always irked the hell out of me as to why when you walk into not not all public bathrooms, but some public bathrooms where the door opens inward, which means okay, well you can go into the bathroom, you can use your butt, you know, and you could you could scoot into the door without touching anything. You go in there, you do your business, you wash your hands, and now you got to get out of the bathroom. Now you got to touch the handle <laughs> to get out of the bathroom. Right, and, which the smartest I, thing to do is take the, the paper that you wash your hands with and put it that. on and open that and then do the best you can for a two-point shot in the bucket, you know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's about you can do, but I ain't touching anything else in there. No. Um, because, again, we, we, we don't know. But um, just not so much being paranoid, but being aware of our surroundings yep. will keep us fine. We'll be fine. Yep. You know, California, we, Washington, 
did a close down. We immediately did a close down. And we're like thinking, oh, how the heck can you close down Silicon Valley in the San Francisco Bay Area? But they did. But because there's so much technology here, everybody adapts from home very, very well, and everything's right. still running. Um, not shipping as much, and we're not doing a lot of things as much, and people don't want you in your house because, you know, and that's one of the biggest things is how do you get their confidence? How do you know that, yeah, I've been tested, but, you know, I don't know that they got a absolutely 100% solid test because of false positives. But let's, you know, I, I want to talk – I want to talk about that because that's what we're, you know, I think a lot of people are interested in. But before we do, let's back up and talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about the type of disinfectants that are out there, the fogging, the lights, the UV lights. Let's talk a little bit about, about that. Well, you know, what's your opinion when it comes to all these different methods and devices for, for um, disinfectants? Fogging is, fogging is really, really good. I had a lady call me from New York actually during this, the heat of everything. And, I was listed as a distributor for Cucurobium, and they have a really great um, food-grade disinfectant. Um, but Sporocytin also has a very, very good disinfectant, too, um, which actually does leave a residual. So both of them do very, very well. Um, but she says, well, can you find a fogger? Well, I, you know, it wasn't even really a client. She just called me, and I helped her. But you couldn't find any foggers because no. they have been all bought out. So I said, well, you know, her and I started talking about white ultraviolet light. And she goes, well, yeah, I heard something about that in the morning in a briefing. And I'm like, yes, white ultraviolet light does kill bacteria and can kill viruses. But um, it has to have the right wavelength and it has to right. have enough power to do that. Because white ultraviolet light, if it's going to kill, you cannot be near it. Um there used to be back in the late 80s, early 90s, when I was doing indoor air quality inspections in Southern California, uh, there was a company out of Orange County, and they had a really nice unit that went in the corner, and it kicked out from the corner up above. You couldn't see the light, okay, directly, and it would kick out about 750 square feet. So as the carbon dioxide from your body breathes out, it's warm. So it will rise, and it gets up by the white light. And then all the return air that comes in, comes in, and it gets zapped. Well, that was, at that time, I was working with sick building syndrome. But the same factor still works today, yep. which is if, if your UV light is correct and you have the right wavelengths and enough power, yes, you can kill the viruses. Absolutely. Um, definitely works for germs. A lot of bacterias, but viruses are they're pretty nasty little buggers. Yep. So, but it can be. So, for instance, they don't want to do restaurants, but let's say you took a restaurant or a convenience store, and you replace some of the fluorescence with the bulbs. It's a whole different ballast and uh, power source. But if you replace those with the white ultraviolet light. You could really take things down to a dull roar where they would be safer. But here's the problem. They're all made in China. And you can't get them right now. <laughs> yeah. And that is, I mean, I, I bought some three weeks ago. Still they were don't supposed have them. to be here two weeks ago. <laughs> well, it was from an American company. I thought I was getting it from the U.S. As it turns out, I wasn't getting it from the U.S. And that was pretty PO'd. What I found out is, yes, they're all made in China. Well, the fallacy of that is when you look at pictures on the news and they show pictures of guys in the lab in China, even up on top, you don't see, you don't see any ultraviolet light. <laughs> and they're used for like fish markets, poultry, plants, stuff like that, where you kill germs and bacteria. Okay. So they're not even using it there they're not using any of their wet markets they make them and they're not using them and i'm like God, no wonder they copy us they're just not you know they may be bright but you know this is kind of common <laughs> sense stuff is it came from there and they make the right stuff to really keep it under a door or kill it but they didn't get it and they probably still yeah. won't get it i don't know it's um it's, comical it's and i won't laugh right but but, but you the know, fogging, yeah I, the fogging's really really good uh the fogging is really, really, it is, it's very cool, especially if you get something that leaves a residual. But again, 
you're only really talking about a short period of time if everybody's touching something. So, you know, that's good to clean the air. Um, But then again, just wiping everything like a kid is at home is really what you want to do. You know, it's funny. I was on online a couple of days ago researching some of these issues like foggers, and I came across what they call electrostatic sprayers, which are what kind of yeah, interesting. Yeah, you sent it, me that. That is way yeah. cool. Yeah. It's basically just so everyone knows what that basically is. It's similar to fogging. The difference is, is that what the electrostatic sprayer does is it actually charges the, the whatever solution you're using with an electrical charge. So it, it covers surfaces more evenly. So you'll you'll have some instances where fog won't attach to certain surfaces, but the electric static one will. So if that's something you guys are looking into, you may want to go ahead and do a little research on that and find out. And the reason also, for that also, and we're looking at that, Fred, is a lot of times when you're fogging or spraying, you're losing a lot of waste. Yes. And with this, you don't. It's got a shorter range. You have to get closer up, but it grabs. That's the nice thing. Exactly. So, you know, so let's talk about what, you know, what, what the guys are here listening for. I mean, you know, this thing is, you know, hopefully going to be over at certain point in time, whether it's sooner or later, yeah. but people are still going to be paranoid. I know I am. I mean, I, I'm still going to be paranoid with, you know, do I want someone coming into my house? What, what do I do? Let's take it both ways. What do I do as a consumer? What do I ask for? And what do I do as a, as, a, as a contractor, you know, whether I'm a fabricator, an installer, or, you know, restoration guy, or any other business for that matter? Any suggestions there? Yeah, and a lot of that is just being aware of your surroundings. But the biggest part of this really is um, everybody wears gloves, and they keep the gloves on, but they're not cleaning the gloves during the time when they're touching stuff. For instance, one guy touches a tool, and then somebody else touches the same tool. Yeah, it takes time, but and if they're all wearing gloves, hey, probably not a big deal, but the thing is, is what are you touching, and are you clean? I clean my gloves all the time. I'm constantly cleaning them, and if you're using tools, wipe them off, because you don't know if the guy in the shop isn't wearing gloves, and he has to get something, or has to move something around, or whatever, or a bag of grout, or a tile saw, or tools, or whatever, a floor machine. You don't know that you've been handling it all day with gloves that may be contaminated, and yet you bring it into another area, and somebody else is dealing with it. So the best thing to do is just wipe your tools down and make sure your hands are always wiped. It's like when you get into your vehicle. Uh, When you get into your vehicle and you've worked all day, clean your gloves before you get into the vehicle, for God's sakes. You know, keep that steering wheel and the handle and the knob for the radio. Keep little things like that in the buttons. Keep them clean. There are wipes you can get. Keep that area disinfected because what you're touching with your gloves is somebody may end up transferring to their gloves, which may transfer somewhere else. This thing has no mercy. It will keep carrying and going on to different places. And that's the thing about it. Um, One other thing also, when you're handling, touching doorknobs and stuff, disinfecting your tools, wearing masks and glove in the client's home is very, very important. Okay, But when you go out for lunch, you take your gloves off. Okay. Well, if you're going to reuse your gloves, spray them before you go in. Spray them when you come out. Okay. Yep. Um, and again, we want to use an EPA-rated disinfectant. You want to wipe all your your vans down inside of what you touch, door handles, opening the side door, or whatever. Hey, David, David, let me stop you right there for a minute. We got a caller okay. coming in here, so let's go ahead and take the caller and see what they have to say. We got a caller from. Let's see if we can get him in here. The 702 area code. Are you there, caller? Hello, yes, are you there? I am. Yes. Who is this? Hello, Fred. Hello, David. This is Frank Friedlander. Hey, Hello, Frank. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Hey, I wanted to take a step back uh, in some of your conversation there. David mentioned uh, working out every day, and I was wondering if I could get a copy of that David Bonacera workout routine. I'm working on it, Frank. I'm working on it. I got, I got, I got to get my body fat down, Frank. No, you can't get a video. Hey, you know what? I just wanted to call and uh, say hello to both you guys and wish you all the best. And I'm glad you got the conversation going. And 
I do believe that it's a, it's a whole new world and uh, sanitation is going to be a huge part of it for, for uh, many, many years. This is uh, a whole new reality. And I appreciate you guys bringing this to the forefront so everybody can, uh, can discuss it and get it out there. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. You guys take care. Be good. Thank Thank you, Frank. Frank. That's awesome. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's great. Always good so to hear when, from Frank. When you go into, like, for, for homeowners, what they are going to ask for um, and what they're going to get are two different things. Um, but they want to make sure that, yes, the people are healthy. Yes, you know, like, we're working right now. Not a lot, but we're working. My guys are wearing masks. They're wearing gloves. They're disinfecting their gloves or they're changing their gloves. Okay, and that's one of the things. You know, like, when I go and do a quote now, you know, some people I will ask them, are you requiring a mask or just gloves? You know, and I disinfect my gloves when I go in. I'm not really touching anything. And then when I come back out, I'm just doing it again. Um, but one of the things that the homeowners or clients want to know is what precautions have you taken and what can you send to us precautions that you're possibly doing to make sure that my home's not going to be contaminated. Um, right. One of those, and I guess it's early stages of this, but for to bring, be able to bring in a white light is not so much going to kill the virus because that white light, UV light that you have that can kill uh, the viruses is very, very powerful, and you can't look at it. Um, that's for one. But precautionary things is, yes, we will wear a mask. We have a disinfectant on hand. Our tools are wiped down. We change our gloves, blah, blah, blah. When we come back for lunch, we do this and this. And if you send that with the estimate, that will make them a lot more And as a matter, as a matter of fact, that you're proactive on that. And, and as a matter of fact, David, I, I don't know if I sent you this or not, but I had a contractor the other day asked if I had anything for them. And I, I'm willing to give this to anyone that sends me an email. And basically, I, I put together a, I guess you would call it kind of like a mission statement. And I'm not going to read it. It's several paragraphs long, but it, it basically is a statement that basically says everything that we just talked about. You know, we're going to disinfect. This is what we do. You know, we wear gloves, we wear respirators, blah, 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 blah. And I think you know, having a statement like this is very important, and I would suggest that you attach it to your quote, you attach it to your contract, and it kind of gives the customer a little bit of, um, I don't want to use the word insurance, but maybe a little bit of, uh, okay, uh, this guy is, you know, he's gone, he's got, he's taken this effort, you know, to come up with a statement, and obviously they care about my health as well as the health of their employees. So if anybody wants that, you know, feel free to send me an email, and my email is fhuston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com and I'll be more than happy uh, to get that to you. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. And one of the things is just because you're wearing a mask and how long have you been wearing that mask and did your gloves touch, touch that mask Were your gloves contaminated when they touched that mask. So it's not a big deal to get an EPA disinfectant and spray the outside, spray the inside, you know, at the end of the day. Um, definitely. But you want that mask to be clean because even though you have a mask like you have gloves, doesn't mean that it's not contaminated. Well, you know, you, you have your gloves and you pull off your mask, right? And then you're maybe touching your face. Well, yep. if your gloves are contaminated, then you're screwed. Yep. So exactly. again, just I, I just I can't say it enough. I just throw in a disinfectant on my hands, almost everything I touch because I just cannot get this shit. So I'm just being precautionary. It's something to think about. Well, I wore a mask and I wore gloves and I got it. Well, yeah, but when you took your mask off, you know, you put your hands all over your face. And your face and your mask is, how old? Well, I've been wearing it for the last two weeks, you know. Well, that's not going to work. So you have to be proactive and letting people know that is very, very important. Even if it's on the front porch of the area where you decontaminate going in washing your or putting your disinfectant on your hands and on your mask. When people see that, Fred, they're going to be more at ease. You're being proactive coming into their homes. Until exactly. such time we can get this beast behind us, we need to take these sort of actions so that people are comfortable because right now they are scared shitless for anybody coming in their home. <laughs> yep. You know, Tell me and about I had it. a lady 
I had a lady says, I have a four-month-year-old. And I said, okay, here's what I've done. Here's what I'm doing. Blah, blah, blah. Came in, wrote the stuff down, took measurements, took pictures, and she scooted my butt out of there. And said, thank you very much. But she needed a quote, you know, but she's got a four-month-year-old. And I totally understand that, respect it, and it was in and out. But for the most no, part, I, you do have to take those precautions. Yeah. And I also want to mention, too, I mean, I agree with 100% of what you're saying with masks, but, but I want to make sure everyone realizes that the mask is, is not to give you a false sense of security. And that, that's very important. You know, the viruses, depending on the type of mask, obviously, you know, uh, but, you know, you have this thing. I'm sure everyone's watched the news. They've seen all these new casts where they I mean, I've watched one interesting the other day where they they took this uh, black area and the guy sneezes and it shows how far the droplets can go. And they showed it with some kind of covering, not necessarily an N95 mask. It does reduce it. But that that virus can penetrate a lot of these masks. Those masks are there to protect, not necessarily protect you as it is much to protect someone that's near you. So don't, and I, I don't want to get into a debate about that, but I just want to make sure people realize it's, it can be a false sense of security. So like you that's said, right. well, it's like, okay, well you have your gloves and you're working and then you walk out of the client's house and you're grabbing their doorknobs and touching their stuff. Um, as you go out the house, so just take some wipes with you and just wipe the doorknobs down and smile at them and say thank you on your way out. Leave the house in better condition than when you came in. And that's important. Most guys, oh, absolutely. contractors won't even do that with work. They leave shit all over the place. Yep. You know, <laughs> always leave a client's house or your place of work better than when you came in. It's just good policy. Yep. It's also and, uh, good know, hygiene for the customer. And, and I think the good news to all this is, uh, you know, obviously it's 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 a whole new world. I mean, to steal a, a title from a Disney song, it is a whole new world. I mean, and, and I think it's going to be a whole new war, world. And I, I think some good things are going to come out of this as well. Uh, but, I, David, I want to take a quick break. Let me let me go ahead and uh, give the telephone number out here. If anybody wants to call in after this brief, brief break here, the telephone number is 323 323- Eight seven zero three nine six eight. That's three two three eight seven zero three nine six eight. If you know you want to make a comment or ask a question, let's just take a, a quick pause for the cause here, and I'll be back in just a second here. Are you looking for quality greenstone working products? ESP sells many lines of fine quality, environmentally safe products. Stone Pro. MB Stone Care, Bond Stone and Touchstone Adhesives, more Stone Care products, Easy Care products, and Better Bio, which is over 80% bio based and approved by the USDA. For more info, visit ESPSales.net. That's ESPSales.net. All right, and we're back. And uh, ESP also sells disinfectants, don't they, David? <laughs> we do, but like everybody else, everybody else is clean plum out. Yep, it's 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 going to be. We used tough. to sell the microbium. We used to sell the um, spore cyanide, and I know Tony, and he's got some um, really good stuff. Cucrobium also has some really good stuff. Um, I like the cucrobium because it's ready to use. The a lot of the other stuff, you know, even National Chem Search has got. Some really good. They have a product called Grenadier. They got. I used to flash, which is a foaming cleaner, um, all the time. But those are the products. I, some of the products I use. So, of course, we always have it anyway. But more now than ever, um, are we doing it? It's just hard to find a disinfectant. I went to what we call Smart and Final. Here, it's a not a big box store, but you can buy in quantity. And they had, you know, only one per customer. Well. I accidentally grabbed a six-pack that was wrapped, and I said, well, this is one. And the guy laughed at me and said, it's a new phallic. Go ahead, but, you know, nobody else. But for the most part, um, yeah, it's hard to get the stuff now. A lot of people are taking alcohol and making something, you know, right now when I wash my hands a lot, um, sometimes I just put isopropyl alcohol, 91% on it, because that will do wonders. It dries your hands. You can get moisturizers, hand cream, stuff like that, so they don't chop up. But still, you don't know. 
I just came from somewhere. I took my gloves off. I got to wash my gloves because, again, they're really, they're green gloves. They're textured. They're really high-grade, um, reusable constantly. But you got to keep them clean because underneath that is your hands that aren't, um, your hands that are clean underneath, but your gloves. So you just you want to make those precautions. And a lot of times people, you know, you're coming from your house where you've been safe, and now you're coming out to the public. Right. And it's the public that has all these germs everywhere. You see somebody in a grocery store, in a convenience store, at a gas station, or a bank. You don't know. You know, you put your hand, you're at a bank and you put your hands, you know, right on the front where, the, you know, the teller is. Well, somebody else just did that too. Yep. You know, and they opened the door. They used the ATM machine and stuff like that. Um, you know, they can only do so much disinfecting themselves, but you have to be proactive to know what you're touching. Absolutely. You know, it's funny we were talking about how, you know, we protect our, how we protect our customers. But, you know, one of the things I had a contractor call me a couple of days ago and he said he's starting to ask either verbally his customers or even sending out a, a document that basically asks the customer, you know, uh, are, are have anybody sick in the house? Is anybody not feeling well? So, you know, we have to protect ourselves as contractors as well as uh, protecting our customers. So that's something to consider, in, too. In the state of California, a, a client can, I mean, if you're not performing, um, you know, they have to stay. They cannot mingle inside of your work and be all over you and micromanage you because they're interfering in the job. But if you are have an unsafe um, practice that is going on in your home, they can remove you. And your employees like have to know that. If you're not being safe and, you know, protecting um, or you're damaging stuff, it's the same thing. It's, you know, well, I just saw your guys have lunch and they put the mask out there and they're using the same gloves and they haven't disinfected and you're handling my doorknobs. Those are things that you just want to be courteous because you're going to keep getting jobs if you do that. If you don't and you contaminate somebody and they get the virus a week later and you happen to be the last person in their home, you may have hell to pay Yep. because you don't know. And you know, I don't know if liability insurance companies are going to cover that these days. I don't know. But again, leave the house better than when you got there. Well, you know, since you mentioned that a few shows ago, I don't know if you've heard it or not, but for those of you out there, I, I did interview an attorney who happened to be out in California that talks about that. He talks about uh, the insurance aspect of it, and I don't want to discuss it now, but that's something I think uh, you want, might want to go back and listen to that show. It was a couple of segments, a couple of uh, shows, a couple of weeks ago that I did that show on, you know, are you guys carrying the proper insurance? So uh, I would definitely take a look at that. So well, in California, well. you have to by law have workers' comp, but you don't by law have to have liability insurance. Interesting. But liability insurance is not covering workmanship anymore. That's a performance bond. Right. Okay. But for the most part, um, something happens. Sometimes the homeowner will take it on their insurance. But having liability insurance, I think, is really kind of a waste of money in the sense of that they in California, they go after your gross profits, and then they give you um, their rate instead of your net profit, which I think is uh, really just highway robbery. But that's just my view on that situation. Uh, but for the most part, liability is one of those things to where you may not use it, you may not use it, but if you have to use it, you get to stay in business. Good idea. You know, David, let me ask you this, and it's something we didn't talk about, but, you know, you obviously have some, a, a couple of employees. How do, you, how do you train your employees for this? Um, I yell at them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that works. And that's only because they're humans. <laughs> right. And a human being only retains 25% of best of what they learned the day before. So I go over it, and we go, okay. You guys got your mask. You got your gloves. Everybody's got disinfectant. They got um, really good um, sanitizers. Now, sanitizers I use um, have a very, very high alcohol content um, so that it does a much, much better job. But they're constantly wiping their hands, wiping stuff that they touch, and being very, very careful. 
And before they go out, we always have a briefing before they go to the job anyway. We look at pictures. We look at what's going on. We go over that. And at the end of the day, they fill out forms of what they did, what they used, where. And we debrief with pictures again, um, going over things thoroughly. And one of the things you have to do by law anyway is you have to have safety meetings and by right. once a week. But, hey, you have to ask them, do you have enough gloves? Are you changing your gloves? Are you disinfecting? Well, yeah, I disinfected it a couple of days ago. Okay, well, why? What, what, what makes you think that, you know, you're still okay? You know, and I get on their case, and I have to get on their case because I don't want anybody else getting sick. So sometimes people on the outside looking in at me would say, God, you're really strict. I'm like, okay, maybe I am, but people's health are in danger, for God's sakes. I'm not going to take this lightly because, one, my employees, I always tell my employees, I said, please don't get hurt. It's too much. You know, be safe. Take your time. Don't put any stuff on the floor, stuff like that. But when it comes to this sort of thing is, yes, we have enough respirators. We have enough gloves. But one of the biggest things is the disinfectant now. And again, having that EPA REG number on the lower back of the, the label is very important because what people call, you know, oh, yes, this will kill germs and bacteria. Well, and it's a sanitizer, as you told me, hey, it only reduces. It doesn't kill. That's right. And that's real important. So, yeah, you have to be on their case on it because they're going to get lazadaisical, as humans do, and they're going to get lazy and they're not going to do it. But you have to make sure that you have a very stringent system because if they get sick, you're going to lose more money for them being out and being sick than if they were healthy. So, yeah, at this point in time, yeah, you have to be a little bit stricter upon your guys to make sure that because you're looking after them, you're looking after their families because you want to bring that shit home and that sort of stuff because you're you're out in the world. You know, one right of the now, things that, I was going to say, one of the things I was thinking about when we were talking about this was, uh, you know, uh, fabricators and restoration guys that use diamonds. I mean, they're touching those diamonds constantly. I'd be willing to bet you. I'd be willing to watch you a week of my salary that 99% of the time they never clean those diamond pads and disinfect those diamond pads. So, you know, no, they don't. Um, <laughs> and you know, they don't, you know, no. they just throw them back in a box and go, well, that was then. Yep. This is now. That's so right. yeah. Wash them, blow them out with, you know, a compressor and air. Um, keep everything clean. Keep the tools clean. Um, because again, you know, one technician may have contamination on his gloves or his hands and another one gets it, you know, you don't know. So you got to keep everybody protected. We can't see this animal and no. there lies the problem. You can't take a black light. There isn't a particular test that you can spray on and hit with a black light and see. And we still don't know how many forms that it's taking up right now. And we still don't know why it does hurt some people and some people are just immune to it. And we're still kind of swinging at, you know, at air trying to figure out what it is. But this was a hell of a surprise that, you know, uh, came in, we believe, from another country. But you never hear about the Chicago cold or the Texas flu either. Exactly. (laughs) So, um, and with a type of regime that it has, they don't care really about humans. There's plenty of them. You know, what the heck? So they're not as concerned as to say, you know, uh, a lot of people may not like the president, but um, he's doing his best to try to protect everybody and get stuff rolling and not pass the buck. He's trying to get you know, people working. He wants to get this economy going. But we have to be responsible at our part because if we open this stuff up, we have to be smart. Never let you know, your guard funny, down. You know, and, and it's funny, too, because some of the simplest tasks, for example, I was out back last night with my dog. And uh, the dog next door, which was a visiting dog, wasn't a dog that's normally there, came running over to my dog, and he got off his leash. Well, I grabbed his leash, and I gave it back to the to my neighbor, and I came inside, and the first thing I thought of was, what? well, I touched that leash. And it got me thinking yeah. about, okay, 
suppose I pet a dog. Suppose I pet somebody's cat. Is there a pot? I mean, even though they claim right now, and of course we don't know that animals can carry it or not, except for tigers and cats somewhere. But, <laughs> but uh, you know. we, we don't really confirm. I don't know if that's really confirmed or just BS. We, yep, exactly. We don't know. But I but mean, because just they simple, have hair, simple. because they exactly. have hair, how do we know that it doesn't grow or mutate on that? That's exactly. the fact that we don't know yet. Um, nobody, I've never seen anybody do a swab test on, you know, an animal's hair. Um, cats, believe it or not, you know, because they wash themselves all the time, but they are not really clean animals. No. Okay. They're not. Um, and same with dogs, you know. Uh, of course, short hair dog is better than, the, you know, a lot of a much uh, more flourished right. dog. It has a lot of hair. So we don't know yet. We haven't swabbed any dogs. We don't know. We're dealing with humans, and we're trying to get our arms around that. So we exactly. don't know. So. Yeah, you go in and you're like, oh, I touched the guy's leash. Okay, wash your hands. Real and you know what's, Just... what's, what's, you know, I want to ask you something. Actually, I want to ask the, the, the listenership out there this question as well. And that is, you know, I went to Stone Expo the end of January. And of course, now they're saying that this virus may have been in, in the United States maybe as early as November or December from what I'm hearing. And, you know, walking, I got sick. My my wife got sick. I got sick. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that went to Stone Expo that got sick in various degrees. Some Something is a simple cold to, you know, completely knocking them, knocking them out. And I'm just curious. And, of course, there were a lot of Chinese people there and nothing against the Chinese people. But that's, you know, where we think it originated from. And I'm just curious out there if uh, how many of you that are listening or will be listening have got got sick at, at Stone Expo and how many of you have gotten diagnosed uh, with the coronavirus. And you were there, weren't you, David? Mm-hmm. Did you get sick at all? Nope. Got lucky. <laughs> I was very I was very fortunate. Yeah. Um, I was actually um, talking with uh, uh, Dan Devlin, actually, who um, has hard rock tools and stone pro in Southern California. And he was talking about being at a trade show, and he doesn't know what the hell hit him. But he couldn't breathe. And he couldn't yep. sleep laying down. And he says, I don't know if I had it or not. And I'm thinking, she did have it. But, you know, the guy's also very strong, uh, very strong, pretty fit for his age. And he got his butt kicked. And one thing is he says, I couldn't lay down. I had to stay up, upright, sitting upright, just so he could breathe. And most of the people you see are laying down in the hospital beds. And it yep. then hit me and I went, wow, that's just like a heart attack. If somebody has a heart attack, you don't let them lay on the ground. You get them up, sitting up, so their back is going vertical, not right. horizontal. And that was when I thought about that and went, oh, shoot, that makes so much sense. And he was smart yep. enough to just know that. And that was really cool, but it also turned on a bunch of lights in my head and went, oh, my God. Yeah, so if anybody does get it, you know, and they, they want to put you down, laying down, no, don't, 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 don't. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Right. You know, make sure you sit up because you'll be able to breathe easier. It's the same thing as a heart attack. It's a little different, but same premise. And that's very, very important. Yeah, and going going back to the Stone Show again too, and actually the Concrete Show was out there at the same time or shortly after that, and you know I just got handed a, a note that said there was a lot of mix of different people out, all types of people out there too. So you know people were shaking hands. I've shook shook everybody's hands out there. So yeah, it's it's, it's just and we crazy. were very fortunate we didn't catch anything. Um, some of the trade shows after Stone Expo, um, people did get sick a little bit later. Yep. You know, um, I was on the phone, actually, I'll tell you, with Al Spate, uh, an old friend of mine, and has a friend in Milan, and he says, Milan looked like an atomic bomb hit it. There oh, is wow. nobody walking, and there is nobody driving on the streets. It is locked down tighter than the drum, and there's nobody out. Well, if you look it's, at some of the... It's spooky. Some of the, if you want to look at something that's really spooky, uh, uh, Las Vegas has a webcam. If you search Las Vegas webcam on Google and you look, it has a webcam that actually shoots down the strip. It's like a ghost town there. You know, when have yeah. you ever seen Vegas, the Vegas strip as a ghost town? New York City, Times Square. 
it's a ghost town. You know, it's, it's incredible. But the thing is, is right now, from what I can see, and I'm not a biologist to any means, okay, but right now it seems to be that this beast will pass. And by staying inside, we are getting well for the most part. Yep. Yep. Um, whether it comes back, I think if we just are cautious next year, we're definitely if we're if we're doing what we're doing right now, we're not going to have many people get the flu. No, um, exactly. That's for damn sure because you know most of the flu is really touch and when somebody sneezes. So if I'm in a big box store and somebody sneezes, I am turning around and I'm walking the other direction. I am yep. not going into that to that area because even if you have a mask and you have gloves on and you have short sleeve shirt and let's say you're hot in the summertime and it's 80, 90 degrees and your pores are opened up and you're sweating, it's like mold, right? If you're doing mold abatement and your pores are open and you're sweating and that mold drips as you're cleaning into your pores, it will get to your bloodstream and screw you up. Yep. And, of course, your yeah. membranes are your eyes, your ears, your nose, nose, and your mouth. So these are things that we do have to look at. You know, it's it's funny. I was I happened to be thinking about when you were saying that how, you know, people are going nuts with these toilet paper. And I heard this, this just joke the other day I thought was kind of funny, and that is, you know, people said, you know why people are hoarding toilet paper is because when someone sneezes in public, 10 people crap themselves. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> you know, pretty much it reminded me of that but anyway i wanted to remind listeners out there that um you know david and i have put together a a, a bunch of not a bunch but uh, some helpful you know we, that letter that i had mentioned uh we put together a, a a things that we really haven't talked about and then some definitions for the different types of germs that are out there so if anybody wants that uh just send an email to me that's f houston f-h-u-e-s T-O-N at gmail.com and uh, we'll go ahead and email it out to you free of charge. No cost to you whatsoever. So you got any last minute comments, comments, David, before we wrap things up? Yeah, just think about your surroundings and, you know, um, remember you're, you're most likely going to go home to somebody. So make sure that they're safe. Um you now can get gloves. There are supply houses that have got more gloves in stock. And keep your stock up and get your disinfectants and just be cautious. Because if you're not cautious, it may come back and bite you. And right now, so far, all my guys are healthy. Um, and I want to keep them healthy. And we got another, we, we got another caller don't. coming in here. Let me grab this caller, David. This access okay. from your area. It's from your area code. Let's see if we get a caller from the 408 area code. Are you there? I am. Yes, who is this? Kemper York. Hey, Kemper, how you doing, buddy? Hello, I'm Kemper. fine, thank you. Hi, David. Um, Hi, David, I think the one thing that would be interesting to hear you comment on is the added cost factor involved ah. with this new approach to Good business. Question. How do you figure that? How do you explain that to your clients? That kind of thing. Um, right now, what I'm finding, Kemper, and that is a fantastic question, yep. is right now, because there's not a lot of work, everybody's undercutting everybody so much. Um, right now, we're, I'm keeping basically the same costs that I've had, trying to work with my clients. But as far as adding it into the cost, um, I think more it's just of a courtesy to people's homes and the workplace. Um, I don't see it that much as an overhead cost. Um, if, you know, disinfectant really doesn't cost that much and does last a lot longer. But right now I'm not putting any extra costs on top of that because it's more of a, I want to get into their homes and I want to make sure that you're safe and we leave the place cleaner than when we got there. So I'm not adding any cost on there, but there is a cost incurred on there. But unfortunately, um, people like you can do pretty much what you want because of your clientele. And most people who are listening aren't in that realm and will probably never be in that realm. But um, for the most part, you can do that because your clients are top 
1%, 2% of the country or the world, but most people can't. And to put in a surcharge for being protective, I think, would be rude. I think you should just do it and make sure that you have their um, confidence coming into their home. What, in, in terms of time, um, how much time do you think it's added to your daily routine, the prepping of your trucks, um, making sure that your employees are are prepared to interface with your clients? I would probably say a total of an eight-hour day camper, if they're smart and have a good routine, it's maybe 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because oh, you have to remember... Well, it's if you look at it of stopping, wiping. I mean, for me, when I get into the store, I'm spraying my gloves. I'm doing the steering wheel, the handle. It's just a quick thing, and my gloves come off, and I'm on my way. Okay? It's just, it doesn't take that long. We're talking really 15 seconds per time. It doesn't really add up that much if they got a good routine. So I don't see it as a real time killer, um, you know, as it is anything else. It's going to take a little more time, but right now, um, I'd just be glad to be get back to work and steady like everybody else. Exactly. Um, can I have one more question, if I may? Sure. One sure. more. Uh, sure. And this is about something you mentioned earlier. Crobium, was that the right word? Cocrobium. Concrobium. So this is something that's available on through you? Not right now, because it's all sold out. Everybody's sold out. But here are the mm. good ones. Cocrobium, uh, you can also call the, uh, the manufacturer. They'll give you the local reps and check stock for you. Um, Spore Sidon is over on the East Coast in the Carolinas. They're also a good one. They have a particular disinfectant that leaves a residual. Uh, National Chem Search also has products that leave a residual. Uh, But there's a lot of companies out there that have disinfectants. Most of them are, like, so strong that you have to put two ounces per gallon. The biggest factor is call the manufacturer and say, what is your kill time? Well, the kill time is for this virus, we're figuring, 15 minutes. Well, Fred and I already went over that as far as, you know, putting, spraying the door handles or the doors and just leaving it. We're not wiping. We're just spraying and leaving it. We're letting it amount to its time and kill. That's the biggest Mm -hmm. factor because we don't know. I don't know that anybody knows the kill time on this beast. Not yet. Not yet. Thank you. Thank you, buddy. We got another call. Great question, Kemper. Yes. Good. Thank you. Good talking to you again. All right, I got another caller. I got another caller from the uh, 602 area code. Let me see if we can get them in here. Are you there, caller? I am. Hey, David, it's Adam. Hi, Fred. Hey, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, So my question is, um, it seems to me that it would be beneficial for all contractors if there was some kind of certification that you could prevent or or present that says that that we have – we have done this training, we, uh, we meet these standards, and we follow these practices. Is there any such thing? I've, I've never heard of it. No, there isn't, because we've never come across this. And about the best we do in California is we just have to have a um, what's called a tailgate you know, safety meeting, what it's called legally by the CSLB term. Now, so there's nothing right now. So that's well, there, why. There, well, David, there is not, not for what we're doing, but there are certifications available out there for people who are offering sanitization and disinfection services. I know there are several, um, several right. organizations yes, that do that. Yes. But, but yeah. not, but not for what we're doing at this particular point, but Hey, Adam, thanks for the great idea. <laughs> No, nah, no problem. I'll yeah, go back to the show. Thanks. That, Bye. that was a great question. That was great a great question, question, Adam. Thank you, buddy. Um, and, you know, going to Adam's questions, it's it's a valid thing. Um, and we may have people popping up and certifying people. But certifying is only as good as their actions. Absolutely. And they may be certified. But, you know, if their hands, their gloves are full of stuff, 
and they go and take their mask off and it gets on their mask and then they grab their mask and throw it in the truck. It's only as good as the practice. Right. So I I would say the old school of keeping on their ass about this constantly, reminding them and being a pain in their butt, reminding them and reminding them why when they go home to their families that they want to be safe. They get that. But certification is good, but it's only as good as the people who are implementing it and using it. Right. Absolutely. But it's a great well, question, definitely. Well, well, we are we are about out of, out of time here, David. But I want to thank you very much. Uh, I think this is some great information, and and hopefully you guys out there listening will uh, will will take advantage of this information. And again, I just want to uh, reiterate that uh, these documents that we talked about, this information we talked about, can uh, I, I'll be glad, more than happy to email you. Just uh, send me an email to f u s n f h u e s. T-O-N at gmail.com. So until next week, uh, David, uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. Thank you. And everybody out there, be safe. All right. Thank you, David. All righty, folks. Uh, We're going to wrap things up here right now. Uh, Let me just uh, uh, one more one more ad right here, and then I'll be right back for a quick, uh, quick uh, closing. Thank you, Tough Skin, one of our gold sponsors. Marble etches and stains. Tough Skin guarantees it will not. Toughskin provides a unique product and installation service anywhere in the USA with a proprietary stone laminate products. They protect marble countertops with an acid, oil, and waterproof guarantee. That's right, it's now possible to install marble, onyx, and travertine countertops without the worry of etching and staining from common household items like wine, lemon, coffee, or other acidic foods. People have been trying to figure this out for thousands of years, and Toughskin Surface Protection has done it. Available in gloss and satin to match the countertop finish. Visit them online at toughskinprotection.com. That's T-U-F-F skinprotection.com to learn more. Alrighty, folks, I'm back. I just wanted to uh, a couple of housekeeping chores here real quick. Um, uh, as you all know, I have the inspection and troubleshooting seminar coming up in June. Uh, I haven't canceled it yet. So, uh, you know, keep keep an eye on my, my website and, of course, listening to the radio share. And I'll tell you whether that's going to be held or not. It looks like it may be, but. You know, things can change on a day-to-day basis. Uh, in the meantime, I'll also mention that I do have that class as well as a number of other classes available in my correspondence classes. So just simply send me an email uh, for that information or go to my website, which is stoneforensics.com uh, for that information as well. And again, I want to uh, mention that, that that letter for your customers on this virus thing, I have that available to you. So just send me an email again. It's F Houston, F-H-U-E-S-T-O-N at gmail.com. So I want to remind everybody to stay safe out there. Keep listening. And until next time, keep setting those tiles, polishing that stone, fabricating those tops. Later, my friends. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.